It's that time. Everything and anything basketball. Presented by The Outrage. With Cajun Furitani Castleman and host Spencer Byers. This is Polar Opposites. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of Polar Opposites here on the Outrage Inc. Spencer Byers, Cajun, the Ruth, Annie Castle, alongside me. And Cage, a lot of stuff going on. I, I don't even want to talk about the Super Bowl quick. All I have to say is I did not hit my parlay because obviously I picked the Niners to win, even though I didn't have them in that parlay. I picked Kittle to have over on on uh, on yards. Was he caught only... two balls for four yards, so that was, was not the only thing that screwed you over was I don't think McCaffrey ended up hitting his over on receiving and rushing yards, which was 128 when I bet it, but he got close. But yeah, he was over he on did, receptions. I think he did hit it. Like the only thing was two or two or more touchdowns. Oh yeah, he wouldn't hit two or more touchdowns. That is also true. Yeah, let me let me let me actually see this. Back first down and goal to go. Play action. 80 yards receiving, 80 yards rushing. So he had 160 in total. So that oh, one. Oh, so over- he did. So he did hit it pretty easily. Yeah. Because, yeah, I bet the over on his yards and receiving, which was 128, as you as I, as I said. I bet I did bet Kansas City to have a fumble. If you would have bet both, you would have made real money. Because I just didn't – I didn't think the Niners were going to fumble the ball. And then McCaffrey fumbles on, our, on the first drive and give gifts the Chiefs a free chance because that should have been points for the Niners. Again, looking at it from the Niners' perspective, a lot of chances for, the, for San Francisco to get points, and they didn't get points. And if you're not going to be able to score on a pretty good defense in Kansas City, and they have Patrick Mahomes and an okay offense that has weapons, has two, specifically two weapons, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to be able to win. And they had too many times where they came up short in a lot of situations. So I think you had Purdy over 240-something yards. Passing. 45 and a half, yeah, over, 40, over 245 and a half. Hmm? He had 255. Yeah, so he, he just got over. Yep. I think any time touchdown score for Christian and McCaffrey would have been the better call. Yeah, but he didn't score. He did. Oh, yep. he caught the Jawan Jennings touchdown. You're right. Yeah. I was inverting. I was inverting it. But yeah, you're right. He did score on that one. But no, I I just bet the two touchdowns because I thought he was going to win a Super Bowl MVP. So I thought he was going to hit all the overs. And the best part is, Cage, if he does score on that first possession, I'm right. Yeah. What a surprise. But anyway, we'll skip but over the Super Bowl. Kittle over regardless. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have bet that Kittle. Well, I just thought they'd get the ball to Kittle more because he didn't get the ball basically at all against Detroit. And then they were like, you know what? We're just not going to target probably the best tight end in football. That's not named Travis Kelsey. And it's like, oh, you know what? Fair enough, Kyle. You know what? You, you know better than me. Of course. You do that. You do that. And that's why man does not have a ring. And that's his fourth try, so hopefully number five is the charm, Cage. Yeah, he might even not even get a chance at number five. If, well, you know. it's well, it's hard. It, I think it's hard to make one. And he's made four. One is a coordinator, and three is a coach. Well, it's pretty it's, nice, Cage. Or head coach, it's pretty nice. Yeah, but people won't look at participation trophies at the end of the day. Yeah, Cage, I, I know. Thanks. I, I know. I got, I got a lot of them, okay? You know, I played house. I, I got a lot of participation trophies, okay? <laughs> I, I, I got a lot of participation trophies that I, I hide in the clo- the back of the closet. Anyway, now moving off of the 
Super Bowl that made me want to cry myself to sleep. Hey, I, hey, uh, I didn't like the fact that the Chiefs won, but it won me money. Yeah, yeah. I told him, to, I told him to bet the Chiefs money line. He already had bet the Chiefs money line, so uh, Cage did make money on the Super Bowl, as I almost did. But now on to the block party that happened in Toronto. And no, it wasn't in Quebec, Cage. Because Victor Wembanyama had a triple-double. It's, it's, it's close to it. He, if Victor Wembanyama is French. That is true. He had 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. So you're thinking, where's the triple-double come from? Oh, it's his 10 blocks for Victor Wembanyama sure. in the 122-99 win over the Toronto Raptors. Cage, you had a front-row seat to the block party that happened at Scotiabank yesterday. What was that like? Oh, man, he was like a man amongst boys. Jakob Perda was trying it on him. RJ Barrett tried to attack him one time. I swear he had three blocks in the first six minutes of the game. And and easily went over two, my pick of two and a half blocks, which I thought was a absolute joke. Like, come on, man. Like, the Raptors love to attack the rim. Albeit tunnel vision wise, and Wemby's just a demigod. So I'm like, at some point, at some point, okay. Now here's the backstory. Now it's been obvious on this podcast that I that I love to bet. I saw the line. I saw the line for this game. Spurs were plus five and a half, six and a half point underdogs, and they were plus 200. Oh my betters, yo, betting, betting apps, y'all really giving the Raptors this much respect? I've never laughed so hard at picking a money line so much in my life when I picked the Spurs. And the funniest part is, I did, I'm like, real Raptors, man, or, or as I like. Actually, no. Let me be professional here. Raptors, y'all couldn't have let me sweat just a little bit? That was the easiest money line I've ever hit. They didn't even lead the entire game. But anywho, back to Wemby. Three blocks in the first six minutes, and there was a two-minute and there was a two-minute stretch or a minute stretch in that third quarter in which he blocks Pirtle. When he tries to, when Emmanuel quickly uh, passes it to him and he tries to quick up for a layup, Wemby blocks him. That's four blocks. Then Jakob Pirtle's in the post on Wemby, tries to do some up and under moves, tries to think he's Hakeem Olajuwon, and Wemby just swats it. And then Scotty Barnes tries to, Attack him off the dribble. Gets blocked once. Gets the rebound. Gets blocked again. Basket for the Spurs on the other end. And then for his final block, his 10th block that gave him the triple-double, Grady Dick attacks the rim, sees Wemby in his rear view, and airballs the layup, the initial layup, then gets a second chance, misses that, and then tries to put it up while falling down on Wemby just swats it, just swats it down monstrously. And you know what the beauty of those 10 blocks was? 
and this is why I and this is why he's so I think he's that special of a player. All of those 10 blocks did not go out of bounds. He kept them in play and it ended up being a defensive rebound for the Spurs. So not only are you compiling blocks for your stats, not only did you have an all-time performance, but all those blocks that Wemby got gave the Spurs fast break opportunities on the other end. And I think that's the most impressive part of and I think that was the most impressive part of that performance. They turned to an extra possession because, again, obviously, I'll say you know that if the ball is blocked and it goes out of play, it's technically off of that team, so the yeah. other team gets back possession. So when you keep the ball in play for a block, same thing with the steal. If you poke it loose and it goes out of bounds, you didn't gain anything. Mm-hmm. If you poke it and it stays in play, or you jump and keep it in play, then you gain the extra possession. And obviously, the more possessions you get, the more che- the more kicks they can you get to score. And for a Spurs team that struggled a lot this season, snapped a seven-game losing streak with this win over Toronto. I mean, you, you need a couple kick extra kicks that they can, and if you can get an extra ten for Victor Wembanyama plus his two steals, you'll take it. You, you'll take it. That that was the beauty of it all. Like I couldn't believe when I saw when I replayed it. All ten of those blocks were kept in play. That is like. It's rare to get 10 blocks in a game. It's rare to also get 10 blocks and keep them in play and end on a defensive stop instead of an offensive rebound for and and, and eventually end in a defensive stop for the Spurs, like a defensive rebound and then a fast break opportunity the other way. That's rare. Moving on to another skid that got stopped this time. It was the Cavaliers on a nine-game heater. That's no longer. Buddy Heels, 24 points and eight assists, helped the 76ers win 123-121. He also fouled out, did Buddy Heel. Tyrese Maxey had 22 and nine. That's also nine assists for the probably leader right now of the 76ers with Joel Embiid out. Donovan Mitchell's 36 points went for not in the loss, who continues to go on his torrid pace, does Donovan Mitchell. So big win for the 76ers, especially as they stay without Joel Embiid. Big win. Big win. And it's big. It was big for them because as I'm looking at the standings right now. They're still the. They've won two in a row right now, and they're kind of treading water in in the East, especially with Embiid out for an extended period of time. They're only a half game back of the Knicks, who have now lost three in a row. But that last loss uh, it came with some controversy, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but they're keeping pace. But they're keeping pace. And shout out to the but shout out to the Cavs. Shout out to the Cavs. Um it wasn't that long ago that they were doing that they were dealing with so many injuries with extended absences to Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. But you gotta credit Cleveland. They stuck with it. They actually performed better. They actually tread water and improved upon their record. And with Garland and Mobley back. They just turned on the Jets. Like you knew, like they they'd lose one once in a while every now and then. And credit the Sixers, they played a heck of a game. But that Cleveland team, now second in the East, is some is a team to watch out for, man. And with the Sixers, Buddy Heald, 
gives them that much needed shooting threat because aside from Tyrese Maxey, they didn't really have much threats that could uh, much shooting threats from at least beyond the arc. Now with Heald in the mix, that gives you another dimension offensively. I hope Embiid comes back during the like in time for the playoffs because I want to see the Sixers team fully healthy in the playoffs because they're going to be really interesting to watch with the head coach with with the coaching acumen that's coming from Nick Nurse too. There's going to be an exciting playoffs in the in the East and especially the West. I got to be honest, Cage, so I never actually saw the foul call, so we will now move on to the New York Knickerbockers who end up losing last night to the, as I quickly look, the Houston Rockets 105-103. Jalen Brunson's 27 points and 7 assists don't look as nice when he gets a foul call called on with .1 seconds left on the clock. I also mentioned, Cage, before we go into the foul call, Amen Thompson, 8 points. 13 rebounds, five assists, and five steals in the win for Houston for the other Thompson brother. I know that you gush about Osser, but Ahmed's doing pretty good too down there in Houston. Yep. He is, and um, that Rockets team may not, is on the outside looking in for the plan, and they've really struggled as of late. But they got a bright young future, man. And Amen, and getting Amen Thompson, he kind of was set back a little bit with dealing with injuries. And the Rockets had depth at the forward positions. But with Fred Van Vliet out for a little bit, he's really stepped it up. And they've really you can you can see you can see like the vision. And like what team they look like. They're a tough defensive minded team. Kinda like how the Celtics were in with Yudoka at the helm for that one year. So Futures Bread in Houston. I actually got to see that foul. I actually got to see that last play for that New York game. That was marginal so, contact. So Aaron so Paul they picked. Aaron Holiday kicked his leg out to initiate contact to. First of all, that's just something you don't call at the end of the game. That's well, just an unwritten rule that you don't call something at the end of the game unless it's a very obvious foul. Now, and okay, it came out after. I, I don't want to interrupt you here, but I'm just going to quickly explain so people that didn't see it. If you didn't see the call. So basically what happens is Jalen Brunson just ties the game at 103-103. Dying seconds of the fourth quarter. Rockets drive. Don't get the bucket. Kicked out to Aaron Holiday, who pulls up. Jalen Brunson goes to play defense. Jumps vertically. Holiday fires. It's no good. They call the foul on the vertical jump of Jalen Brunson, saying he made contact. They then, after the game, in a post-game tweet, say that the foul should not have been called and that the crew chief, Ed Mo- uh, Molloy, 
said after seeing it during post-game review, the offensive player was able to return to a normal playing position on the floor. The contact, which occurred after the release of the ball, therefore is incidental and marginal to the shot attempt and should not have been called. Which obviously garners a reaction from probably the biggest fan base in the NBA, the New York Knicks. Achua, Preston Achua, who was in the starting lineup, he posted about it. Josh Hart, he posted about it on Twitter. And I got to be honest, Kate, my favorite part about this whole thing before you continue is Jalen Brunson's response. He was asked three different times by three different reporters about the foul. Every time he responded with great call, next question. I love that. I think that's great. Because he knows he's going to get fined if he says something stupid. So he gets fined if he says the truth. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to argue that point, but yeah, he'll probably get fined. So great call. Next question. I think it's a great response. Now it makes me wonder, with Ed, Mal- Ed Malloy just admitting that, do the Knicks file a protest? Yeah, but no, no but they got they they have a they have a case now. Because if that foul was not a foul, you replay that game in overtime. I mean, they could. We've had a protest already called earlier this year. I don't think it came for not because no one, they almost never do. But you know, I won't argue that. Maybe they could. Maybe they could win the appeal. But I think they, I think would they would after the NBA ref, after Edmund Lloyd just admitted to this post game. Like that just can't be something that can be ignored, especially in a tie game. Playoff positioning is very key because the Knicks. Have kind of been free falling a little bit with three now with three straight losses. They've been dealing with injuries. OG Ananobi out for weeks. Julius Randle out for weeks. Now DiVincenzo got hurt too. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein's been hurt. Mitchell Robinson's been hurt. These games are huge for the Knicks, especially with the amount of injuries they, that they've dealt with. In spite of getting Bogdan, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, excuse me, and Alec Burks at the trade deadline. Um, these games are huge for the Knicks, and I'd be shocked if they didn't file a protest after Ed Malloy just admitting to. This not being a foul because they got a case now. Well, we'll see if anything does come of it in the coming weeks as we inch our way closer to the All Star break, which is only in to three days basically. They play the next three days of games 13th, 14th, and 15th of February, and then the All-Star break will start, and the next game after that will be to the 22nd. So, when I have to talk about the All-Star game, Cage makes me want to kind of cry my fruit loops a little bit. But uh, we'll now move off of the games that have happened recently in the NBA, including the Celtics beating the Miami Heat. Well, actually, you know what, Cage? Before we move off of the uh, the games recently, and we talk about the log jams that are happening on both sides of the com- uh, both conferences in the middle middle ground. The Boston Celtics beat the Miami Heat 110-106. Let me say that one more time, Cage. The Boston Celtics in Miami, in South Beach, beat the Miami Heat 110-106. Okay? You're getting really... Okay, okay. Okay, okay. 
Okay, go uh, go on. With with that being said, with that being said, I watched the ending of that game because it happened on Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. So I got up. I was off on Sunday. Super Bowl's obviously on. Niners are in it. I watched the Super Bowl. So Celtics are playing at three o'clock. I watched like some of the second half while I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl. And uh, getting, I'm not get- gonna say that that. Even though, again, I don't, I don't dislike the player, to be honest. But um, Duncan Robinson tangles up with Jalen Brown. Duncan Robinson initiates the tying of up. They call the foul on Duncan Robinson. Jalen Brown tries to relieve himself from the situation, which then forces Duncan into an awkward situation with his arm. He then calls Jalen Brun- Jalen Brown a dangerous player, and calls it a, a dirty play. What? You initiated the contact. You got tangled up with him. He tries to leave. He's the dirty player. How? I'm not saying he should have He should have made that motion with his arm to try to get free. See what had made it But you've got to be uh, kidding me. Okay, okay, okay. Spence, Spence. You've got to be kidding me. Spence. I, I know you bleed green. I know your still buying bias is showing, and it's obvious. Uh, hold, up. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Finish, Cage. Finish, hold up, hold up. What made? I do agree. I do agree. What made that look so much worse than what it was was the was the motion that Jalen Brown did after that. But with that being said. You had your arm. It, Duncan Robinson had his arm in him from, like, the get-go. They and, called the defensive foul first. They did. They did. Like, what kind of what kind of garbage is this? And again, I'm not arguing that Jalen Brown did uh, technically try to, I'll say, dislocate his shoulder. Because that's technically what he tried to do. You know not that, intentionally. You know what that kind of reminds me of? What? Kelly Olenek to Kevin Love during the 2015 playoffs. Yeah, but that was different. I was going up for a rebound. Now, if you want to call that dirty, that was dirty. But I, I still argue the intent on that one. I'm not, I'm not sure if Mr. Olenek knew his Toronto Raptor was trying to do that. Mm. Looked pretty intentional to me. This one, though, not, was not intentional. It looked very iffy. It looked worse than what it was because of the motion afterwards. But Robinson wasn't letting go. Like, and and then Mitchell, and then Duncan Robinson. I guess again, Mitchell Robinson, the uh, the good Samaritan down there in New York. Duncan <laughs> Robinson has the gall to go into the media after the game and say it was dangerous. Doc, you, you initiated the contact. You're the one who's tangled up with him. And you're the one calling it dangerous? You shouldn't have got there. How, how, why, why are you there then? Why are you there? Why are you there? <laughs> you know, I was hit by a car. That was dangerous. Why are you in front of the car? Get out of the road. <laughs> like, what's going on here? That, that's a completely different analogy, and I don't think that makes sense, but okay. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're the one initiating the problem, and then you say it's dangerous, what are you complaining about? You know what this reminds me of? A, a a voiceover by DJ Michi Meech saying, Oh, Reffy, hit me. But, 
again, I, I was upset they called it a flagrant one. Because I thought it was dumb. Now, everyone on the broadcast thing was a flagrant one. I know the new rules of the NBA. Fine, it's a flagrant one. Okay, whatever. But then Duncan Robinson comes out of the presser and says it was dangerous and it was a dirty play when he initiates the contact. He's tangled up with Jalen Brown. He won't let go. Are you kidding me? All I'm going to say is that potential first-round series between Boston and Miami going to be... <laughs> it's going to be heated. It's going to be heated. That's all our Celtics are going to slap him in four. We're going to send we're going to send those South Beach lowlifes back home. We're bringing them back to the clubs. I, I think it's going to be an early Christmas game. They're going to have an early Christmas. We're sending, we're sending them back to vacay. They're going to the Bahamas. I think it's just going to be heating seven, but that's just me. Yeah, that's just because you're the worst. Oh, I said that. <laughs> Look, the Celtics... Until I see the Celtics not play like a bunch of idiots in the playoffs, when it matters... I have my doubts. And I have my doubts about the Miami Heat being a good basketball team. So you know what? We're, we're both in the same boat. Anyway, now moving on to the conferences. Because I just had to get that out. Because I was just... Because again, I understood that they had to call the foul on Brown and the flagrant one, blah, blah, blah. The NBA soft. I understand. Whatever. But then he has the gall to come out after the game and say it was dangerous. He was right. It was a dangerous. You, in front, you ran in front play. of the car. You ran in front of the car. Get out of the he way. Should, he should have a flagrant two in the first place. He should have been tossed up out Cage, of it. Cage, I would jump you. Like, Cage, <laughs> you, you forget. I see you one more time this week. I see you for the last time in, like, four, six months in this week. You better be careful. I'll piece you up, Cage. Don't don't, don't fret. I'll, I'll piece you up. <laughs> I'll, I'll be on, like, four hours of sleep that day, too. But don't don't test me. <laughs> As 50 Cent once said, don't push me. Oh, man. Oh, God. And now moving on to the NBA conferences. The Boston Celtics have climbed, have pushed their way above the rest of the Eastern Conference. So we won't even talk about the best team in the East. We'll move down. From number two to number five. It's three and a half games between the Cavaliers, who are in number two right now, the Bucks, who are three, the Knicks, who are four, and the Sixers, who are five, who, again, are still without Joel Embiid for the, probably the rest of the regular season, maybe the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then there's another group of teams from, I'd say, probably Chicago, no offense to Atlanta, but they're kind of in an island of their own, from Chicago to Orlando. It is three and a half games, and Orlando being sixth and Chicago being ninth in the play-in, while Orlando's in the last playoff spot with Indiana and Miami stuck well, in the middle. Well, Atlanta's in the last playing spot right now too. Yeah, but they're seventeen and a half. They're five and a half games back of Indiana slash Matt Orlando, mm-hmm. which is quite a far way to go. Three and a half for Chicago's manageable. And to be honest, the Pacers just had a bad loss yesterday against Charlotte. Yeah, they did. That They did against the 13th place 12-win Charlotte Hornets. Hey, Raptors keep losing, and the Hornets keep winning a little bit. Cage, you, you got seven games on them, okay? I don't know why you keep trying to tank over there, but you need to you need to quiet down. Well, I don't know, man. The Raptors have looked bad, and the Hornets have won two straight. 
who knew all he needed to do was trade Gordon Hayward. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the combination of Trey, man, uh, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, uh, Naughty Nicky, Nick Richards. Uh, they're piling together some good wins. Grant Williams at 21. Oh, Grant Williams too, man. Like Seth Curry had 17, my or 18. My God. Yes, sir. The better, better Curry brother. Uh, I, I, I don't even think Dell would argue that. <laughs> well, yeah, they they're playing some better basketball as of late. And but, uh, you know what, Cage? So I don't know if you have your NBA standings. Cause I don't think I do on this computer. I don't. So I'd have to pull it up on my desktop. I will take a look at it right now. But yeah, you take a look at yours and look at the Eastern Conference right now. Because I know I had the Celtics number two. You had the Celtics number one. I just thought the Bucks would amalgamate better. And I also thought their defense wouldn't be garbage. Which it, it has been pretty garbage for their standards, especially. So I had Celtics one, Bucks second. Cavs third, so switch that around. Knicks actually fourth. I think I had the Knicks around there too. Heat fifth, they're eighth. Sixers sixth, they're at fifth. That's disrespectful. Huh? That was that was disrespectful by you. But anyway, continue. I had the Celtics at first. Don't at me. Well, the, the Sixers put at six is criminal. But anyway, continue. But they're fifth right now. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying continue. Um. Let me let me look back at the NBA standings. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. Continue. Okay. I had the Pacers at seventh. They're right now at seven. Oh. <laughs> well, this fell pretty short off the mark. Raptors at eighth. <laughs> Continue. Hey man, you win some, you lose they're, some. They're they're only like ten games out of that spot, kid. Just like ten games out. Hey man, hey man, uh, and get into the play, playing and win some playing games and yeah, get all that, get all that copium, you know. Can't go back to Chicago. Can't go back to Chicago. <laughs> Hawks at ninth. They're at tenth. Nets at tenth. They're at eleventh. Magic one eleventh. You had Magic at eleventh. They're fourteenth. Where the hell are the Bulls? They were at thirteenth. Oh my God! Well, they're ninth. <laughs> so you underrated the Bulls massively. Good God. Well, in fairness, we both did. Well, yeah, because I also didn't like the Bulls. They also had a horrible year last year. Yeah. But they're also still they're still not a good team. Like I I, I know like we do dunk on the Bulls a little bit, but like they're but not they, a good basketball team. But they have been playing better basketball. I mean, that's not hard when you suck. And they've been. They've had some pretty impressive wins as of late. Yeah, dead clocks right twice a day, kid. Dead clocks right twice a day. Well, Pistons I had in 12th. Yeah, I think I had the Pistons at the 15th, too. And then Hornets I had 14th. Wizards I had 15th. Oh, yeah, the Wizards at 15. Okay. And they're one win above that, so half a game above that. So, so in, right, all, kid, on, uh, in all honesty with... Maybe the exception of the Raptors, Magic, and Bulls. My Eastern Conference wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's pretty, like, you're pretty chop and change. And honestly, I feel like we kind of knew that going into the year, the East was going to be pretty cut like cut and dry. What about the West? Because <laughs> we're very wrong in the West. Oh, 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 I can say that for free. So, 
let's talk about where we had the Thunder and Timberwolves. Because I think well, that was the biggest misses of well, them all. Well, you start with who you had number one, number two, and then you can tell me where you had the Timberwolves and the, and the Thunder. I had Suns first, Nuggets second, Lakers well, 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 the the Nuggets are fourth. The Suns are sixth. Is it Lakers next at third? Yeah, and Warriors at fourth. Well, they're nine and ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is already going bad as it is. Clippers at fifth. They're third. Kings at sixth. They're seventh. Thunder at seventh. <laughs> they're that second. Didn't second. They're second. Yeah. Grizzlies at eighth, but then again, they're we didn't. Dead. We didn't think the injuries would plague this too much. You didn't think they were going to be, like, what, 0-13, their first 13 games? Yeah. So, you couldn't really predict they were going to be that bad without Jaw. Mavericks, ninth. They're eighth. Mm, close, close enough. Timberwolves, tenth. <laughs> they're first. Well, they're only, they're only nine spots above that cage. They're, they're actually, ironically, cage, they're only ten games above tenth. Uh, it's, it's in play. It's in play. It's not in play. It's not in play. Pelicans eleventh. Yeah, that was a bad one. They're fifth. That was a bad one. But in fairness, how West is deeper. Pelicans health concerns. Jazz twelfth. They're eleventh. Rockets thirteenth. They're twelfth. Spurs, Trailblazers. Then they're flipped. Trailblazers got 15 wins. The Spurs have 11 wins. So you thought Mr. Weminyama's impact would be a little bit bigger. It hasn't been, but they're still looking pretty good. Mm. I thought they were going to be 14th in the West. But now, Cage, looking at the West, from one to four, it's one and a half games. The Timberwolves are one, Thunder are two, Clippers are three, Nuggets are four. From Nuggets to the Timberwolves, it's one and a half games. At one point, I think last week, they were in a four-way tie for first. So, I'll, I'll be honest, Kate. I'm going to ask you this flat out. Who wins the Western Conference at this point in the year? Who wins the Western Conference? Who pulls it out? Who takes the first seed or who wins the West? Well, who win, like who wins? Who gets the first seed? Who wins the Western Conference Like of the regular season? I'd have to say the T-Wolves. You think they keep it? Yeah. I think if any team's going to take the regular season as serious, it's going to be the T-Wolves. Now, you can argue it's the Thunder, but I think they're still, a, I think they're still like a little young. And I think there there's going to be games in which they will drop. But with a with with a team that's more veteran or veteran oriented in like Conley and the T Wolves, they they do have youth in Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards and Jada McDaniels, but they do have some veterans on that team in Conley, Gobert, and I think that move that they got in getting Monte Morris was really underrated in terms of getting a getting another game manager on that team. I think they're gonna take the regular season more serious because they're play they're. The Timberwolves' history, regular season and playoffs, let's just say have been futile. Have not been very good. So I think in that sort of sense, they'll take 
the regular season more seriously. I think with the Clippers and the Nuggets, they just want to get to the postseason healthy. So they're going – my guess is that they're going to drop games in which they don't take some of these games as serious. And in a race in which the one seed is so close, I think that benefits the T-Wolves. But what do you think? Well, as I race to get my 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 tower on to be able to get my uh, my Eastern and Western Conference standings up, we now do, Cage. So now we're going to flip spots, and now you get a chance, even though I still have my open, I'll close it now. You get a chance to, 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 to belittle me and make fun of my Eastern Conference picks. All right. Are you ready, sweetie? Yes, sir. So number one, I've got the Milwaukee Bucks. Why, who we all know are number three. Okay. The Boston Celtics are number two, which I can say I'm very happy I'm wrong. The Cleveland Cavaliers at three. I, I was, how were you the wrong one and I was the right one and when it came to the Well, Celtics. because I just thought the Bucks were going to gel faster because I thought I thought Giannis and Lillard were a match made in heaven. And I do think they – I think they're pretty damn close. You know, I just think that but I think their the defense, defense has calmed down way more than I thought. Way more than I thought. I thought Chris Middleton and Giannis would be able to keep that together. They have not. Well, have Middleton's not. also not healthy. and I, I, For sure. The drop-off between in, Lillard and Holiday is big. That, that's fair. That's how I was looking at it. Well, anyway, I had the Cavs three. So we oh. both had the Cavs, I think, at three. Oh. I had the Knicks at four so as well. Got that. I had the Sixers at five. You're dead on about that right now. I have the Indiana Pacers at six. Okay. So they're still in play. I had the Heat at seven. They're in eighth. I had the Nets at eight. They're in 11th. I got the Hawks at nine. Okay. I had the Magic at 10. I know they're in sixth right now, but having the Magic in the play-in was a was was a was a was a was like a, a really big pick for me. I had the Raptors just on the outside at 11. So I'm closer than you are with the Raptors. Go, fi- the- go, go figure. We were more right. We were more right about the opposing teams that we hate. Yeah, I know. eh? the Pistons at 12. That worked out for me. I had the Bulls at 13 because I didn't like the, honestly, Bulls. the way that they're playing right now. It's plausible that they'll at least get out of 15 because they've yeah. had some good wins. They've had some really good games. Well, I have Bulls at 13, so uh, that kind of washed away the Pistons pick. <laughs> I had the Hornets at 14. I had the Wizards at 15. Okay, so you both we both have Hornets and Wizards in the same spot. Okay. Yeah, the Eastern Conference, again, was kind of pretty pretty cut and dry. Now let's look at the Western Conference. You and I had the same number one and number two, Suns and Nuggets. No, that turned out well. <laughs> I had Sacramento at three. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, it's okay, Cage. I'm looking at number five right now, and am I am I excited? Number four, I had Golden State, as we've talked about, has not panned out the way we would have thought. Eek. I had OKC at number five. Well, that was better than me. I had OKC at seventh. So I had them at least in the playoffs. They have now they're now second right now in the West. I had the Grizzlies at six. That worked out well for me. Oh, and I had I had the Lakers at seven, huh? Yeah, the Grizzlies higher than me, and I thought I was bad. 
I didn't think they were going to be that bad oh, without Jaw. Like, no one could have predicted they were going to be that bad without Jaw. And then Jaw's going to have shoulder surgery to end his season after, what, eight games? And then Bane gets hurt. Like, this, the Grizzly season's, like, been a wash from, like, the big, like, from game one. Yeah. I had the Lakers at seven. Yep. Then, I had the Mavs at eight. You're on the mark with the Mavs. I had the, uh, so this is, this is my nine and ten cage. I had the Clippers at nine. I had the Timberwolves at ten. Did I have the Timberwolves at ten, too? You had the Clippers <laughs> at ninth lows. Yeah, so uh, I thought health would I thought health would ruin the Clippers. That has not been the case yet this year. The Timberwolves have been way better than advertised. Boy, and we were dead wrong about the Clip the T Wolves. We had the T Wolves at ten. I had the Pelicans at eleven. I thought health would ruin them too. That so, has not oh, been the hold case. Hold on, hold on. How are you gonna laugh at me? We had the Timberwolves and Pelicans in the exact same spots. I was laughing at you for the Lakers. Huh? I had the Lakers at seven. You had the Lakers at like Second, third. Well, in fairness, with the way the West is, and if the Lakers go on a hot streak, that's... Oh, no, like, because I love the Pelicans. I'm surprised by the Pelicans that well. I think it's just because the West has so many good teams. And, like, like, you can't drop... Like, you couldn't drop Golden State preseason lower than, like, five or six. Like, yeah. no one had Golden State in the play-in. Nobody. Not a soul. And if you, if you say you did, you're a liar. Kind of turned it around as of late. They've won five in a row. Well, after the Pelicans, we have the four teams that all suck. I had the Jazz at 12. Yeah, I had the Jazz at 12, too. I had the Spurs at 13. Oh, so I had the Rockets at 13. Which didn't, which didn't work out. I had the Rockets at 14, which is not, I think, it's been a pretty shit, pretty, um, pretty bad pick before I decided to break my, my, cardinal, my cardinal rule. I had the Rockets at 14 and the Trailblazers at 15. So I overrated the Spurs a little bit, but other than that, I think the, the 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 last four were pretty much the last four. No offense to Utah. Yep. But um, I mean, I'm pretty happy. I I, I hit the Mavs. I had the Thunder pretty high. Where's Sacramento? Are they sixth. They're seventh. So oh, they're seventh. Fell short there. I was hoping they have another good regular season. I mean, De'Aaron Fox has been great. So. I don't feel too bad about picking Sacramento. I don't know about Fox as a late. The scoring's kind of been like on and off. Well, it's okay, Cage. We might we might go through our during the All Star break. We might go back through our uh, top ten per position and see how it's gone. And like, you get to gush about your Wembenyama pick. At, I'm looking at it based off of fantasy because I had Fox and then I traded him. Well, yeah, you use your Cardinal trader in your eight fantasy leagues. Uh, three. Mr. Whelan and Dealing. We call you. We call you the. We we call you the. Uh, the used dealership. Hey man, I I I pick up gems off of the waiver wire market. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's what they all say, Kate. That's what they all say. Hold on, hold on. Let me go. Let me go through my. Let me go through my fantasy teams right now. Hold up. Oh, no, good God. no, that's going to take us an hour. We're not going to do that right now. We'll okay. do that during the All Star break, Kate. We'll do that in the All Star break. All right, the one fantasy team that I have. Oh, good God. That I actually take serious. Oh, good God. Okay. So, the guys who I still have drafted, Shea, Tyrese Maxey, Wemby, DeAndre Ayton, Kyrie Irvin, Shingun, Middleton, Porzingis and Ananobi, 
and yeah, Porzingis and Ananobi came via the trade market. But DiVincenzo, free agent pickup. Emmanuel Quickly, free agent pickup. Denny Avdia, free agent pickup. Gary Trent Jr., who I... Oh, actually, I did draft Gary Trent Jr., but I'm going to drop his, his bum self. Kevin Herter, I'll eventually drop him. But Colin Sexton and Jonathan Kaminga. Sexton, Kaminga, DiVincenzo, Avdia, and Quickly. Guys who you can argue are roster mainstays right now off a of waiver wire pickup. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good about my team. I but, don't want to hear it right now. Okay, Kate, you know what? We're going to skip over your garbage fantasy team compared to my 15-1 and one fantasy team in basketball. 15-1? First in this league. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, my team would beat your team, so regardless. Anyway. Well, categories. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I know you love categories. Anyway. Yeah, I can beat you in points, too. No, you couldn't. Anyway. Yes, there's, there's a reason why there's a reason why, there's a reason why one of us does points and one of us has categories. I one of us actually knows basketball, one of us has to beg for categories. Not really. I don't anyway. know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So Cage, we're gonna do one more thing before we move we move off the NBA. If there was one pick out of your fit thirty team ranking in the West and East, who would you want to move? Like if you could make one move right now from your list, now we're not we're not, we're not going to actually take this in the, into the count, but it, right now looking at your east and west, who would you move? And I'll give you one per conference just to make it fair. One for okay, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, like so you uh, get one for the east and one for the west. Who would you want to move up or down? One team move up, one team move down. And it's not like we're moving teams around. You just get to move that team up to that spot. And everyone moves down. Well, I'm going to be biased for like the east one, but the Raptors down. Well, yeah. Where do you move them to? Where do you think they finish? 14th. Ooh, you put them fourth. Good God. Good God. You put them below the Wizards? Good God. Hey, man. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> they're, well, they're, they're tanking. So, tanking. So, so, so you get, you said the Raptors, you'd move them down. So who would you move in the West, up or down? Timberwolves up. Cause that's just ridiculous. And Can't, you put them at four, you took put them at one. Yeah, uh, yeah, one or two. But I had them. I like from what I said, I had them taking the one seat to so yeah, move them you, up. Yeah, you had you had them you you had them taking the one seat to so put them at one. Yep. Cause how I, I mean, a lot of good teams in the West, and certain circumstances out of other teams' control played a factor. But I should have known the Timberwolves were going to be better than 10th. Got to be honest, Cage, looking at my Eastern Conference, I'm pretty happy with everybody being in and out. I'm going to move. There's there's three teams I can move. I either move the Bulls up, the Pistons down, or I do what I want to do, which is what I'm going to do. The Celtics, they jump from two to one. I move the Celtics up one spot, flip, flip them with the Bucks, and we're good to go. My Eastern Conference is set. So, so basically, we kind of redo our teams as pick up moves. Got it. Exactly. In these, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. like, like, like the biased fans we are going to do. Exactly. Good, good, good to know. And then in the West, I got a couple moves, Cage. I can move the Golden State Warriors down. I can move Timberwolves up. I can move the Clippers up. I can move the Pelicans up. Those are my, that's my 9, 10, 11 is Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans. Or I move Golden State down. 
And I got to be honest, I don't feel bad about missing out on the injury uh, the injury plagued Clippers and, and Pelicans. I don't feel bad about missing on the Timberwolves because no one thought that. I'm going to move Golden State down. And I'm moving them down to ninth. So it would go Pelicans, Timberwolves, Golden State, Clippers up to eight. Everybody moves up one, which means the Thunder move from five to four. Yes, that means the Grizzlies stay at six, which or move to five, which sucks, but I don't really care. I want to move Golden State down because Golden State's booty, and they suck, and they're not going to make the playoffs. Or they're going to make the play-in, but they're going to lose in the play-in. So that makes me kind of happy. That makes me kind of happy. That makes me kind of happy. So I'm moving Golden State down because I you think Golden the State. Have yeah. kind of looked better as of late ever since they find ever since that bum Steve Kerr finally played Jonathan Kaminga more. Yeah, but your young guys more and an underrated part of the Golden State's run right now, during Golden State's streak right now has been the fact that Draymond Green hasn't in, engaged in any BS. Like no, like. In that game versus in the Warriors versus the Suns, it was obvious Nurkic was trying to bait him, and Draymond didn't fall for it. We've seen we've seen a different Warriors team over these past five games, and Chris Paul's not even in the picture yet. So I thought they were done for. I thought they were done for, but Golden State's Golden State's shown a little bit of something, something, and. To be honest, they're only four and a half back of fifth. Anything can happen. I think one to four, they've kind of gained some separation. Although, if one team goes cold all of a sudden, that kind of changes things. But five to ten is really close. Mm -hmm. Like, one team gets cold. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm looking at the Suns and Kings. It wouldn't shock me if one of those teams goes cold. Well, all I'm going to say is I moved out to Golden State because, lol, you Warriors suck anyway. So now moving off of the NBA, but before we go, before we go, Cage, sports yes. betting has risen in popularity, and I want to connect you with all the opportunities to get you started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way in ma to maximizing your profits, and there is no better time to start than right now. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash the outrage. It'll be in the description of this video. You'll be connected to all the sports books in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users. And when you register with our link, you'll have the op you'll have automatically receive the top offer from each one. So not only will you be getting the best odds from every sports book, you'll be also getting the best offers from every sports book. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure you are always you always have access to the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting like Cajun Thiru Thinning Castle beside me. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, support our brand, please consider signing up with our sportsbook link of signupexpert.com slash the outrage again it'll be in the description of this video in case i know you got quite a few picks so go ahead with your litany of bets for tonight's set of games well for my six game parlay i'm going to take and i'll make sure before you finish cajun bet responsibly bet what you can lose okay. make sure you're of age all that stuff continue cajun Okay, so I got six picks, and I'm gonna you put a just a little bit on a on a parlay, but I got three picks I've underlined. So, 
He's got he's got three gimmies and three he's kind of on the, the fence on. Fence. One of them could be a gimme, but actually, you know what? No, the kid just changing his mind as we go. I'm gonna make that a gimme too. So so I got four gimmies and two I'm kind of on the fence about. So ch- the two I'm kind of on the fence about are Bam Adebayo over two and a half turnovers. This is at plus 105 odds. These odds are according to DraftKings. And Chet Holmgren over two and a half blocks at minus 105. I'll make sure I say, so just in case you can't understand Cajun, he's always over. He'll never bet an under. So if you ever hear Cajun talk about a bet, it's always going to be over the amount. So over two and a half blocks for Chet, over two and a half turnovers for Bam tonight. He's on the fence about those two bets tonight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do bet under. Sometimes. I've but, never seen it in my life, Cage. We continue. But in turn, but if I do bet unders, it's more than likely on totals, total points for a team. Because I can, and players like love to like pad stats, like to pad their stats. Now, I think you're gonna like a couple of these wins. Demontis Sabonis over two and a half turnovers against Phoenix. Phoenix and Sacramento play very hot, a fast pace which likely will lead to mistakes. And Sabonis, I think, had five turnovers last game. I need to check that. Um, I do have to check that. Uh, yeah, I was dead on. He had five turnovers last game. And over his last-ish games, he's had, he's had one game in which he had zero turnovers. That was against Detroit, but... Four six five zero three five. That's his last six six games. He's gone over two and a half in eight of the last ten. And the last time they played, the last in, in he's played two games against Phoenix. He's had four and three turnovers. So I expect him to go over two and a half. Now. Oscar Thompson over one and a half steals and blocks. And this was a favorite of mine early in the season back when he was actually getting minutes. Yeah, when he was basically starting, Cajun bet this like every single game. Yep. And it was a good one until Monty Williams decided not to give him minutes. Now he's starting again. And against the Lakers in which they have turnover-prone guys in LeBron James, Austin Reeves, D'Lo, Anthony Davis sometimes. I feel like the one and a half steals and blocks combined, that's too low for him. That's way too low for him. That might just be me, but that's way too low for him. And looking at his stats, um, he had two steals. He had two steals last game. He had one steal against Portland, which was kind of weird. He has gone over in in eight of the last nine games. Over one and a half steals and blocks. He's gone over that in eight of his last nine. I expect that to continue. I expect that to be nine out of ten. And now, I think I I think I got two more to mention. 
Ben Simmons over one and a half turnovers against the Celtics. That's all I got to say about that. He had four turnovers last game against the Spurs. Against the Celtics, bro? Come on. He's playing more minutes. He's compiling up the stats, but he's facing off against a really good defensive team in Boston. One and a half turnovers is way too low to me. I just kind of went went with logic and like stats for like Oscar Thompson and DeMontis Sabonis, but this one's just like lo- throw logic out the window. Like, come on. Dude, this man. is this is all feel, Cage. All feel. This is all feel. Like one and a half turnovers. Like when he had four against the Spurs, I'm like, that's that's laughable to me. That line's laughable. A line that was laughable. Two lines that were laughable to me yesterday was Victor Wembanyama over two and a half blocks and Grady Dick over six and a half points. That two, though, those two were laughable. And Spurs money line was laughable too. But we get that. that but the last one. And I'm going to be honest, I think this is going to hit if this game's close. If this game does get close. Although it was a blowout against the Clippers and he got there easily with four blocks. Now go bear over one and a half blocks. He's averaging 2.1 blocks per game. So I expect him to just get two blocks. He has had, now he's kind of been a little iffy, a little bit on and off with this. He's had over his past six games, he's had two blocks, two blocks, four blocks, one block, no blocks against Milwaukee, and four blocks against against the Clippers. Now he's going to go up against Aiton, who tries to get his work done from the mid-range and with jump hooks. So I expect him to get maybe one or two blocks out of that. And I'm just gonna try to figure out if they play, if Minnesota and Portland have played. They have played once, and he had two blocks in a win on January 12th against Portland. He had two blocks. I think one and a half blocks for a guy like Rudy Gobert is a little bit too low, but that's just me. And I think he'll go over that. Did you hit them all, Cage? I think you did. I did. Perfect. So now we'll move off of the NBA officially. We're done. We're not going to talk about something we, we did a lot during the summer, Cage, when the a men's team qualified for the Olympics here in Canada for the mm-hmm. 2024 Paris Olympics coming this summer, which we probably will do some live commentaries of, Cage, if we can find the time. Hopefully we will. But Oof. the Canadian women's team had a chance to qualify for the Olympics. And they had quite a rough qualification. It was a four-team tournament where three teams qualified. Canada, Japan, Spain, and Hungary were the four teams participating. Hungary was the host and the lowest-ranked team. Canada was ranked fifth. Japan was ranked sixth. And Spain was ranked fourth, while Hungary is down ranked number 19th national or uh, uh, globally. Canada lost to Spain and 86-82 lost to Japan in game number two, dropped into one and two. If and they had beaten Hungary on uh, earlier in the week, so they needed Spain to beat Hungary to qualify. 
Spain was down by as much as 22 in the game. Spain goes on to come back and win the game 73-72 over the host Hungary. As Spain and Japan, I believe, had already qualified. And Canada qualifies to the 2024 Olympics with the win for Spain. So Canada is going to the Olympics. The women's team did get a chance to celebrate in their hotel room watching Spain come back and win. This is the first time since 2000 that the men's and women's Canadian teams qualified for the game. This is also the fourth consecutive women's Canadian appearance at in basketball for the women, for the women's national team. So very big for Canada right now in basketball cage. It is very big, but I'm going to be a little pessimistic on this. Like, sure, losing to Spain and Japan, they're those two are really tough teams. And can I credit Canada? I think they played Japan close. I'm, I don't 86, know. 82. I don't know if you told me how close the Spain game was. I believe it was 60-55 in favor of Spain. Okay. Okay. And they beat Hungary 67-55. So they've competed against Spain and Japan. But to think that they took a 22-point comeback for Spain just for Canada to get in, they got a lot to clean up. Because, yes, they've qualified for the Olympics four straight times. I think the last time they were in the Olympics, I don't think they got out of the qualifying stages. So, if they want this to be a length, if they if Canada wants this run to be lengthy for them, this Olympic run to be lengthy for them, they're going to have to clean up a lot. They're going to have to get their program. They're they're going to have to prepare a lot. And it's kind of good. It, it is kind of a wake up call that they had to go through this. And they played against some really good teams in Spain, Spain and Japan, and even Hungary to a degree. But at least, at least with the Canadian men's team, we saw some really good things from them. We saw some really good things, and they actually won out. They actually won out and got a bronze at the FIBA World Cup, which was their best accomplishment in a while, or ever. At the FIBA at the FIBA World Cup stage, with the woman and with the women's team, they just like with the women's team, they've they've really played Japan. I I was really happy with how they played against Japan and Spain, but something doesn't sit well with me knowing that like you have to rely on Spain coming back from down twenty-two. Like you literally have your fate was literally literally in Spain coming back. Um, but with that being said, you're in, they're in, no matter how, how, which way you, I might be, I'm probably nitpicking at that point, but they're in and they got an opportunity to do something special, just like the men, both the women's and men's programs have a opportunity to do something special and Paris is gonna be a Paris is gonna be a movie come come summer twenty twenty four for both the Canadian men's and women's national teams. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, it's gonna be fun to watch. Well, Cage, the women's team at the Olympics has never placed higher than fourth. They were sixth and fourth in that was sixth in nineteen sixty or nineteen seventy six. 
fourth in 1984, 11th in 1996, 10th in 2000, 8th in 2012, 7th in 2016, 9th in 2020, and they've qualified for 2024. So they've never done exactly well at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But they have now qualified for their fourth straight games, which definitely still is an improvement for a nation that, if we can be honest, has never been really good at basketball. Like, we're just getting good at basketball now as a, as a nation. That is true. So that is pretty massive. For us, I will now mention, Cage, for the men, they had not qualified since 2000, as we've spoken about. Last time, the two, the, the, both the men's and women's team made it was 2000. Last time the men's team even made the Olympics since going into this year was 2000. Their highest finish is fourth. They got fourth in Montreal at the, nine, at the 76 Olympics, and they got fourth in 84 at L, in Los Angeles. That's the highest they've ever finished. Were they close? Well, actually, that's a lie. They got a silver in 1936 in Berlin. Were they close in Sydney? They were seventh in 2000. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Sixth in Seoul in 1988. Okay. Well. So we don't have a history of being good at the Olympics. Well, it also helps that Canada has a borderline top five player in the world. You can definitely say this is probably the best Canadian team on the men's side for sure. Yeah. And you, maybe we argue on the women's because you got to think about, Cage, that this qualification would have been without probably some of their best players because of the college basketball season. Ali Edwards couldn't go. Edwards. Yvonne Ijum couldn't go. Cassandra Prosper for a Notre Dame couldn't go. Russell from Louisville couldn't go. That's four players right there playing right now at the college level who were at the 2023 America Cup uh, team yep. in, in for FIBA, right? So that that's some really good players that weren't able to go. That was a bronze medal team, by the way, at the FIBA Women's America Cup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as much as we talk about, you know, Canada having to do well and, and you know, needing to be a good team, you know, and that that they're going to have a, you know, they had a pretty tough road to get there, which they did. You know, it, it just shows that even though some of their better players, they still get a chance to go. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they do. And I will mention, Cage, the Americans didn't even win the America Cup. It was uh, Brazil who beat them in the final. The, Canada only lost to the U.S. by four points in the semis and then beat Puerto Rico in the third place playoff. And no, I will not. And no, I won't say the Americans were at full strength because they weren't. But still, pretty impressive for Canada. Yep. That it was. That it was. Um, I think they. I think the USA were playing an Olympic qualifying tournament too. And they finished undefeated. I want to know. I want to know how. Um, I want to know how highly ranked Belgium is. Well, taking a look at the FIBA Women's World Rankings, the U.S. is number one, China is number two, Australia is number three, Spain's number four, Canada's number five, just above number six, Belgium. Okay. Brazil's number eight. 
And this was of August 21st, 2023. So this also could still adjust to some movement. Japan was number nine in uh, August of 2023. Nigeria jumped up seven spots to 11 in this rec- in this poll. Mm. And a bunch of Africanese actually really jumped into the rankings. But yeah, I mean, definitely massive. For Canada, you know, with with being able to play Spain really close, play Japan really close, and then, of course, beat Hungary, who got themselves into the top 20 in the world rankings. Mm. It's it's massive. It's historic. And Canadians have to be proud of the men's or women's basketball team because this is the best we've seen them in years or ever together at the same time. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's the best part. Is it's not just that they're both playing really well and, and qualifying for the Olympics for the first time together and the women's qualifying for their fourth straight Olympics. It's happening at the same time. Yep. Like, both the men's and women's basketball programs here in Canada are getting exponentially better at the exact same time. Which you gotta love to see. Yep. And I got to be honest, Cage, some pretty big upsets going around the NCAA. I don't really want to talk about the upsets. Like, there's not really an upset where I'm like, ooh, I want to talk about that because some big teams lost, some big ranked teams lost, like Kansas has lost a lot recently. They lost again yesterday. But I want to talk about the most recent men's AP polls for one very specific reason. Cajun, have you ever heard of Indiana State? Not on the AP men's poll, have I not? Well, you should have. Because the Indiana State Sycamores are ranked for the first time since 1979. Do you want to know who played for them back in 1979 when they were last ranked in the top 25? Larry Legend. Larry Bird. The Indiana State Sycamores, on a nine-game heater, are ranked number 23 in the most recent men's AP polls. One of four teams to get into the top 25 that were unranked last week. St. Mary's debuts at 18, Virginia back in at 21, Indiana State, as I mentioned, at 23, and Oklahoma back in at 25. Damn. Kansas just moved down two spots from four to six. They're probably going to drop farther with their most recent loss, Texas Tech, even though Texas Tech is a good basketball team. UConn and Purdue stay at one and two. Houston jumps back up to three. Um, The big drop, Illinois dropped four spots. North Carolina. Eh, North Carolina only dropped, what, eh, four spots. You're right, four spots. But not a whole lot of guys that – or not a lot of teams that dropped, dropped, like really fell Wisconsin. out. Oh, I guess Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin dropped like a stone. Dropped nine spots. I didn't even see – I was looking for them, to be honest. I knew they dropped. Dropped from 11 to 20, did the Badgers, with a couple Kentucky, big losses this week. Kentucky dropped five spots, too. Yeah, 17 to 22. They've also struggled recently, have the Wildcats – as they just lost to Gonzaga in their most recent game. 
You had to like that, didn't you? Oh, I'm a big fan of Mark Fuse. Mark Fuse men getting that big victory. And now looking at the women's AP poll, Ohio State's now up to number two in the nation. They're tied for highest school finish or highest school ranking ever. Obviously, the number one team stays the South Carolina Gamecocks. Stanford at three. Iowa at four. By the way, that was a big statement win against UConn without Camila Cadorso. For sure. And they roll past the number 11 UConn Cornhuskers. They're just the UConn Huskies. The Cornhuskers is um, And UConn just four spots to the 15th. Well, I mean, when you play all those ranked teams and can't win, you're going to fall. Yeah. So what I'm looking at, the biggest drop-off, it's got to be Colorado, right? It's Colorado, Colorado. They dropped play. four. Because they, they've lost a couple of games recently. UConn dropped four. Notre Dame dropped four. Louisville dropped three. Baylor dropped three spots. And I will mention, Cage, Stanford jumped three spots from six to three, leapfrogging Iowa. Mm-hmm. One other thing, I do, Cage, I do want to mention, but I'm not sure if we mentioned it yet. Yep. I don't think I don't think we have yet. I'm just looking for the next game. Iowa plays Michigan at Iowa on February 15th. Caitlin Clark is eight points away from breaking the record. From breaking Kelsey Plum's all-time scoring record is Caitlin Clark. And Cage, if I'm not mistaken, we spoke about her opportunity to break this record when they played, was it Northwestern? And she dropped, it was a ludicrous amount of points. Yeah. I'm trying to find the game. But she got like 38 three games in a row. Regardless, we spoke about it a long time ago. At what game did you did you think she was going to break it? And I said, I hope it's the Michigan game because it's at home. I hope it's that game right there. And all of a sudden, Cage, Caitlin Clark's got a chance to break the all-time NCAA scoring record at home. Because she's going to break it. Eight points, she's going to break it. She has to. I saw one of the tickets. They're going for a thousand bucks now. No doubt. You're seeing history, kids. You're seeing history. We're gonna mark our calendars for this one. Thursday, February fifteenth at eight p.m. And again, the best part about that, Kate, is it's at home. It's at Iowa. Mm-hmm. So the home crowd will get to rain her in cheers when she breaks the record. Yes, sir. That is just poetry in motion. And I think that's a good way to end it, Cage. That is. Was there something else you want to talk about? I wanted to, but this is a great way to end it off. Then we'll go. For Cage and Theru, Thanny Castle, I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Polar Opposites. We should be back on Thursday, but we'll see if we can find a time. But it will be one more episode this week as you watch this on the Outrage Inc.